Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the Apostles Doctrine episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hi, Pastor Joel. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. And how are you this fine, fine day? I'm great. Another episode on doctrine, this one a little bit more specific you know, tailored to its benefit to the church and its necessity in the church, really understanding a little bit more about the role of an apostle too. I loved it. Yeah, man. Uh, um, I learned that this is the, the, the apostle is really focusing on one fourth of the church yeah. And that's what they're complete, you know, they're just completely focused on this doctrine part. Let's get the doctrine right. Let's get the doctrine right. And I really do see this doctrine as really the foundation of the church. Right. And you, when you're building the foundation in a house, you don't want to continue to build on that foundation. You want to build the foundation and then go hang up and hang out in the upstairs. And yeah. Not in the basement, Throw a <laughs> looking party. at the foundation, right? Yeah. But that's what the apostles are doing, man. They're, they're checking out that foundation and making sure that there's no cracks and sealing it up and moving on. Once, it's, once the foundation's built, they don't need to continue to hang out. They can move on. Yeah. And, you know, the, it reminds me of the kings and wise men. We've referred to that a couple of times this season now. It reminds me of that, that episode and... And we can really see through understanding this concept of apostles doctrine a little bit more clear. It's, I mean, Jesus gave this gift and it of apostle and the, it being a cause of the church is really, there's really no excuse for a leader or a pastor of a church to be doing so isolated without a person being able to speak into their life or confront them in an area where they're wrong. Right. There are so many safeguards set up by God, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit to prevent a person from just becoming a dictator. But we still find a way, don't we? We do. How? Well, apostles don't exist anymore. How's that? <laughs> uh oh. So yeah. then what, what should happen is that we should be seeing more mental health issues in the church, right? Yep. And if, and if apostles were gone and they weren't supposed to be there, then we wouldn't see mental health increase in the church. Right. We, would have, we would have had the doctrine that we need, right? We don't need yeah. to have anyone there to help us apply that or understand that more. It's already been done. So therefore, why is any Christian who's claiming that apostles Oof. are gone, why can any of them claim that they are justly can have mental health issues? It should be gone. You should just be able to read the words of Paul and have all of your mental health be oh, solved. Oh, man. Come on, John. You just keep heaping it on. <laughs> <laughs> He's so mean. Man. Why is he so mean? Man, You're the nice one. I didn't, I didn't see that. That, that. that was good. You're right. Yeah, I man. I agree. We should, you know what? People who read the Bible should immediately no longer have mental health issues. Yeah, if apostles are gone. If we are, if they've are, or if, if we've, we have it, then it's complete. So should our mental health be complete? Yep. Oh, but the thing is, you know, so it, there are no more apostles. The apostles doctrine is what's written in the Bible. 
I mean, I kind of say it playfully, well, you should just be able to read the Bible and your mental health issues would go away. But I shouldn't be because that's legitimate advice that pastors give their people. Yeah. You know, I like, there's a, my, I, my brother, my brother had a pastor. My brother was trying to help another one of my brothers and he went to his pastor and he's like, what do I do? And his first and only response was, have you read any scripture to him? Uh-huh. And Ryan's like, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> I mean, your brother, your brother said, I don't know. Ryan, Ryan, he, he, you know, Ryan was the one who got that advice. Oh. <laughs> pastor Ryan. And, uh, I, I think he was, you know, he was respectful and he said thank you to the pastor, but he told me what I'm thinking is if I do that to my brother in the state he's in, he's bound to kick my butt. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And blessing, you know, miracles, miracles on, on high from our, our mighty Lord and savior from God, the father and the Holy spirit, that brother, that pastor ryan was ministering to because pastor ryan was given the apostles doctrine and the right information he needed to help my other brother my other brother is now an amazing man of god who's a leader in your church pastor jonathan yeah apostles doctrine is what did that man incredible yeah you have any other thoughts about the episode i mean pastor tater He's a rock star, right? It sounds like he's he's settled that he is an apostle, huh? I think he he took our advice last episode and really just reflected over his life and over his time in ministry, especially. And I think what he determined is it makes sense that even when I was pastoring a church, I was doing so because as an apostle, I do have that ability when it's needed. But because he's an apostle, he had a different flavor of pastoring than somebody like you, Pastor Jonathan, who's a pure-blooded pastor, right? <laughs> that's so that's right. right. He's a little bit more bullish of a pastor <laughs> because he's really an apostle. Yeah. And it's cool that, you know, you and me are careful in this area not to designate somebody with a fivefold role and especially apostles and prophets because God determines who's an apostle and who's a prophet and it's good i think we have progressively seen pastor tater become more and more in tune with the holy spirit since we've gotten to know him we've seen him hear from god more clearly and i think i think he may be hearing from god more clearly than ever and and in maybe one of the most important areas of his life so it's really, really cool. And we've seen this. We have a friend, a friend of ours who has a similar story as Pastor Tater, a, a, a man who was pastoring a church for years and years. And, and uh, once he finally handed his church over to the next senior pastor, what was, what he found out is he's actually an apostle. He had been operating as an, as a, a pastor with the gift of apostle for decades. Yep. And his life is completely transformed since he learned the same thing that pastor Tater learned. 
So it's amazing what happens in people's lives when they understand who the person God created them to be, to be is, and when they when they learn the roles that God has us operating in, and when they start living in those roles, people who are in their 60s start acting like people in their 20s and oh. just have this youthful zeal about them, this joy and happiness. And it's just a pleasure to see. That's Pastor Tater when he calls, right? Yeah, it is. Man, he sounds, love he sounds love awesome. that that energy is yeah. so infectious. I love it. Yep. It's interesting. So if someone were to come up to to me or us and say that they're an apostle, first of all, you'd have to wonder why someone's walking up to anyone saying I'm an apostle, right? right? Yeah. Or walking up to anyone and saying I'm a pastor or like right. You know, flashing any sort of fivefold ministry prowess, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, why are you putting that, you know, like flashing Who's benefit? That? Whose benefit yeah. is this for? Like, it's okay. I'm a limo driver. It's like, <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> right? Nice. Exactly. But it should be for 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 people's benefit, right? For using these titles. But I love this idea of if people say that they're an apostle, one of the things to, to check um, is the, to go back to the job description of an apostle. Right. Oh, I know. It's just like this job description is then tell me about the abuse that you have endured um, and endured. And I mean, like, tell me the abuse, like the apostle Paul, right? Tell me about the story. I've done this. I've had this. It's like, that is your resume or that is your, um, it is your kind of like your resume. You can say as an apostle is every time you've been abused, it's kind of like you, you how have you suffered? Like, show me that's your resume, right? right? Yeah, that's the resume of an apostle is you are a man doomed to death because you don't stop when the because you have abuse that you've experienced and you keep stepping into it. Right. Not You're because you want to be abused, but because you can't help, but continue to blaze a trail for the people behind you. I know our apostle often puts himself in a position. He refers to it. A lot of times he'll say, I'm going to take the arrows. Mm -hmm. I'll take the first arrows. Like if we're starting a new project or we're doing something new or different, he'll put himself out there of like, I want to make sure I'm like the way he keeps everybody else safe is saying, is basically saying, I'll take the abuse up front. We'll figure this thing out, blaze a trail. And then you guys can take over from there. And that's what Paul, the apostle did his first missionary trip. He was practically murdered. You want to talk about a man doomed to death, right? Because he doesn't stop after getting abused. He went back into the city that they drug him out of and left him for dead. <laughs> that is a perfect description of what we're talking about here right and it's not just paul the apostle that's all all apostles because they are blazing the trail is what leads to them getting abused because they're doing things no one else is doing amazing and then that that leads to the second part of that job description is focusing on doctrine yeah so uh an apostle can't help but focus on doctrine Right. And getting the doctrine right and making sure 
And so while they get the crap kicked out of them, their doctrine's getting tighter and they're making sure that everyone else gets their doctrine tight. And yeah, oftentimes they're learning this doctrine through experience. They're learning getting... it through the abuse they're experiencing and then they take what they learned and bring it to the church so the church doesn't have to deal with the abuse. Man. You look at some of the letters Paul the Apostle wrote. I mean, he's we, we can see it. He's dealing with massive abuse because he's teaching doctrine that people just aren't getting that today we look at and it's like you know the judaizers who are like yep the holy spirit's here but we still need to follow the law and paul's like no you don't paul's getting abused because of that Mm -hmm. but now today because of the work paul did we're like of course we're not under the law anymore duh right but it's like paul's like paul's like duh do you know how much abuse I took trying to trying to make the culture of Christianity be one where you don't also have to follow the law of Moses? Nice. That's what it looks like. I'll take the arrows. Nice. Until this, and then I'll pave the way for you. I'll help everybody transition into this new providence of God where the Holy Spirit's on all flesh. And there's going to be a lot of people who don't like it because this is a massive change. Anytime there's a change which that's what a trailblazer like an apostle is constantly bringing change to a group of people. <laughs> it's like people don't like change. So they're going to get abused. Nice. And it has to be a trailblazed. You can't be following another, another person. This is another analogy that we love to use is in order when God wants to clear a path for people, He wants to clear a path for sheep. What he does is he takes his tractor, his holy tractor, (laughs) and and hooks up an apostle behind it and drags that apostle behind his holy tractor and paves the way for other people. Oh, man. And so it's, you know. Yeah. Drags the apostles. The apostles are the ones that are paving the way they are you you, they were the ones that were taking that abuse taking that abuse and focusing on doctrine yeah so it's no wonder their you know their reward is so huge so that's one that's one way to protect people is if someone's walking around saying that they're an apostle it's like here's one way that you can kind of guard someone who's been hurt they're like uh I don't trust apostles because apostles are, you know, covered in gold rings and, you know, adorned with fine garments and driving (laughs) Cadillacs, right? It's like, I'm an apostle. That's what apostles do. It's like, yeah, apostles get the snot kicked out of them. Yeah, I'm like, not the apostles I know. Right. That's not doomed to death. That sounds like you're doomed to luxury. Yeah, it does. It makes sense why uh, pastors... You know, we talked about before, but why they're so focused on preaching long sermons. What's the strict and loose side overview? So the strict side is, so I agree, Pastor. There, It makes sense why pastors and leaders of churches are so focused on doing this sermon. Doing a 45-minute sermon or even longer. Because the strict side 
is really these pastors and leaders taking the job of an apostle for themselves and saying, this is what church is. Oh, you got, they have to prove it every week. And it's so, and if it's my only job is to preach a sermon, if that's really what church is about and my salary is based on you being charitable, then every week I got to prove to you that I'm worth my paycheck. And you know what? Because I'm not really following the word of God, I'm, I'm unsettled. I got to also prove it to myself. So it's got to be 45 minutes. Because, you know, nowadays, what, a church service is an hour and a half. You do 45 minutes of music, 45 minutes sermon-ish. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that's the strict side. And the loose side is just, again, focusing on the what of the Bible. Just do, Just do whatever. As long as you're serving in some capacity, you know, we're, we're, I guess we're lucky. It's called the apostles doctrine on this, on this loose side, I can just rationalize that anything that was written by any of the apostles is the apostles doctrine. Cause really, I don't understand what doctrine is as much as I don't know, know what an apostle is. I don't really know what doctrine is either. Doctrine right. to me is just what the Bible says. So just do it. You know what? Do whatever. So, yeah, well, you got more to say on the pastors preaching long sermons mentality. Well, yeah, the thing is, is I just it just kind of seems like a contradiction that a pastor would preach a long sermon because, yeah, I mean, if you're telling lots of stories, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if you're like teaching doctrine, if that's something that you do, then to me, it seems kind of contradictory to not believe that apostles are around anymore and then to do the work of an apostle at your church it just seems kind of contradictory where it's like okay i am judged by the work that i do of an apostle like i'm just thinking about this on an on an unconscious level if these guys if these pastors feel unsettled that they don't have an apostle in their church right mm. so they come up every sunday and are doing the work of an apostle every right. Sunday while believing that apostles are not around anymore. Oh, yeah. Dude, that okay. guy's going to have a really bad time. <laughs> yeah. Because he's so focused on doctrine, but apostles don't exist. It's like, I don't, that's a contradiction. Like, oh, help, totally. me, help me resolve, you know, like I, I would want to know from that guy to, to resolve it. Whereas we don't have to sit there and go, Oh, I need to do the work of an apostle. Our apostle has done the work of an apostle so that you and I, we get many abused. <laughs> right, right. We get the diet Coke of abuse, uh-huh. which isn't, you know, we're, we're, no one's going online and, you know, berating us. Right. It's just people are, you know, we'll get a little snarky message here or there or whatever. Or we'll hear some rumblings. But we don't have to do that. So I, I had a thought. What if there's some amazing pastor out there listening to this message, feeling like they're a pastor, like having a huge desire for the sheep, or if they're an evangelist desiring to give a message, like if there's all of these people out there that are listening and they don't 
have an apostle in their life? What should they do? What would you what would you say to these people? Like, is there they don't have they don't have what we have. They're not blessed with someone who is focused on a quarter of the church who will just kick our butts whenever we're (laughs) out of line like a wise man. But yeah, I mean, I'm just curious if there's some advice out there for these people without well, apostles yeah i guess i mean because what do, i don't know what do i do like find an apostle that's not very good advice that's like somebody coming to me and saying i'm really mentally distressed and my advice being yeah you should take care of that and find someone who can help you it's like yeah of <laughs> course i need an apostle what do i do find an apostle okay so here's what i would here's what the advice i would I don't know because I can't point everybody to the two apostles that I do know. Okay. But that's, that is, not, that's your, that's your first strategy. Yeah. It's like, well, man, do you live in Northeastern Wisconsin? You just come and I'll introduce you to a couple. So what I would do for anybody so that here's let's what's the contextless answer, right? Yep. I would try to break down what is the benefit an apostle brings to the church. And I would tell that person, whether you know they're an apostle or not, try to find somebody in your life who can bring these benefits to you. Try to find somebody in your life who you know is passionate about understanding Mm. the doctrine of God, in particular, how God wants the church to be managed, how leadership works. And, and also find that person who you, especially to pastors, find that person who can be wise counsel to you, Interesting. whether it's, whether it's an apostle or not, it's like, my advice would be, well, I don't know what you can do about finding an apostle, but I do know you can find somebody in your life who, when they confront you, especially in the areas of doctrine, yeah, you hear, you hear them. You and, hear them. Yeah, and I want to add, and when you confront, or when they confront you, and you get ticked off about what they say, and you may not encouraging you to do this, but when you may freak out and try to push them away, they do not budge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's that person who confronts you and regardless of how you respond, they, they, they're still standing there and they can't help but confront you. Oh, that's good. And every time they do, it's in an area that pricks your conscience and just punches your soul. We all need that person. And I'm not even going to say that, 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 that person would be an apostle. I'm just saying until you can find someone that is an apostle, at least search out somebody who can bring those benefits to you. At least search out somebody who's going to get in your face when you're off the path. I wonder now here, I'm just going to philosophize for a second, but I wonder if by the amazing influence of God and how epic and incredible God is and how much Jesus cares four churches that's his bride yeah i wonder 
if in every church he has either brought an apostle and that church has turned down the apostle or if there is an apostle in that in someone's church currently right i like that and and i'm with you because i do believe and we are philosophizing this is a belief that i hold to and i like your support for it it's because we know how much jesus i mean for the joy that was set before him he went to the cross that's how much he loves us i believe all five of the fivefold ministry i believe all five of the positional spiritual gifts are represented in every church mm-hmm. whether they're acknowledged as such or not mm. is a whole other issue show me a church that doesn't have a fivefold ministry and i'm wondering wait how is this church led? No, I think, I think what happens a lot of times is like what happens with pastor Tater. He could very well be operating in multiple of, because, because he seems to, he seems to be an apostle. He could be and could have been operating in multiple of the fivefold gifts on his own. And that's what I mean. Rep, each of the gifts represented, maybe it's one person operating in all five. Oh, that's a great perspective too. Yeah, that's that was that was Pastor Dick, right? Yeah, yeah but I, I do think all five are represented in every church, oh, whether baby. they're acknowledged or not. Is because oh. again, here's the here's the who's the weakest link question, really. It's like, wait, is this church not equipped to operate as a community that brings God's will on earth? because God didn't bring the leaders to this church or because the men and women of this church are refusing leadership positions Absolutely. or are hindering oh. leaders. It's like, it's never God's fault. It's never God's fault. No, not when, when his will doesn't no. happen, it's not his fault. <laughs> right. He did. Absolutely. 100%, 100%. I agree. Right. Jesus is doing everything to right. facilitate the church that he can. God so the Father although, is the Holy Spirit is right. going. Yes, never, ever, right. ever is it God's fault. So you and I are philosophizing, but our philosophizing, if the, the leaders listening to this episode may be able to identify what we're doing here. We're not quoting scripture. We are using the doctrine we do hold to be true, the doctrine we have understanding and experience of, and the principle of non-contradiction to try to determine what would be the thing that would be in line with who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, how they operate, what they want, what the will of God is. And you can come to these conclusions of like, I don't now I'm more, I'm more convinced than ever. There's gotta be a fivefold ministry represented in every church. Why? It'd be, it'd be wrong if there was, it'd be wrong if there wasn't. And we'd have complaint against God. You know what? This church wasn't able to operate the way it was meant to because you didn't give us the leaders we needed. That's not, that's a conversation that's never going to happen. Nice. Cause God's never going to set us up for failure. Right. And it's like, so the churches that aren't operating, what's the, what's the, the thing we learned about causality and reaping what you sow in the last five years or so, every organization gets exactly the results that it's set out to get. That's right. So a church that is not getting the fruit of what church is meant to get 
must not have the causes in place that are the cause of those fruits we're supposed to have. And if those causes aren't in place, it's not God's fault. So that I believe wholeheartedly. So how that all works with God putting and Jesus putting these gifts in the church, setting them up, setting up leaders in the church to, to develop disciples and to bring about God's will on earth. I'm not sure how Jesus manages all that, but I do know he's managing it in a way where if we aren't successful, it's our fault. And he's managing it in a way where if we are successful, it's his fault. (laughs) (laughs) He gets the credit, right? He gets the credit for sure. Yes. Amazing. Oh, that felt good. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're in a short rule. To, to just to hop inside the brain of Pastor Joel and myself is given the opportunity to justify how God is right and how he is fair. And in every way, we want to try to take that opportunity with all of the, all of the doctrine that we have to try to go, no, this is never God's fault. We're, and we're always trying to do that. And it's something that we, we learned early on and encourage everyone to do because it helps God move in your life. Absolutely. So we learn, you know what? Hey, if we're going to learn from one of the things we do as, as oncoming generations that are benefiting from the generations before us that laid down and did blaze this trail for us to walk is we learn from their mistakes as much as we do from their understanding. So why not trace this all the way back to the first mistake nice adam justified himself instead of justifying god love it that's what you just did anytime we can we justify god let's go all the way back to when this thing went off the rails (laughs) and let's learn from adam and you know what give adam a value adam thank you we'll learn from your mistake and you'll get rewarded through it yeah because i'm not going to judge adam because i've done what he did and worse (laughs) oh my gosh Absolutely. I'm going to take what Adam did and learn from it. And hopefully he'll get rewarded because God's just, he'll get rewarded from I, from what I learned through his story. Boom. Apostles doctrine. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Apostles doctrine. All right. Let's look at the, those uh, three categories of people and that how they respond to this issue related to their self-esteem, Pastor Joel. All right. So the first, the people we feel sorry for are people with low self-esteem. Again, we feel sorry for them because having low self-esteem stuck, having low self-esteem sucks. We've both been there. Yes. We have compassion on those people. Mm -hmm. And these are people who are wasting their time and resources because they're in a place that they think is a church, but is actually being run as a business. Feel bad for those people. They're deceived. Yeah. Yeah. There's the people we understand why they do what they do. These are people with mid self-esteem strong enough to recognize the church is the same as any other business I'm leaving because although they're making, they're trying to make me better, even if they have good intentions, I'm getting worse. So I'm out mid self-esteem, some control over my life yep. or all like I have control to make these decisions for myself. High self-esteem. These are the people we're impressed with. They edify others through the apostles doctrine. They're able to intentionally be leaders in the church 
So meaning high self-esteem, high self-esteem means their level of confidence in who they are is at a point where they're able to focus their time and energy on helping others. Now, for those who are still listening, I want you to kind of commentate on something, Pastor Joel. Okay. Can you explain why the Apostles' Doctrine is the only difference between a church and a business? So the this, this is one of the things that I've learned about our church, Music Life Church, especially now Music Life Church, Kimberly. No, I won't even say especially now. Both of our churches are very heavy on SOPs. Yeah. Standard operating procedures. That is our effort of making sure that everything we do, and we try to do all things, that we do them decently and in order. Our intentional effort of doing all things decently and in order is by having an SOP. We want a standard operating procedure behind everything we do in our churches. When I was learning about what the restoration process does for a person, which we know the restoration process is based on Galatians chapter 6, that we're meant to bear our own burden so that we can ultimately bear the burdens of others, fulfilling the law of Christ. The restoration process gives us the information we need or the doctrine we need to get control of our lives so that we can get out of a hole and we can start making progress moving forward. Living a healthy and joy-filled life, right? Growing in maturity. An organization's ability to bear its own burden depends on its SOPs. Because an organization can fall into a hole. An organization can be overburdened. And an organization does have a burden to bear. Any organization that has a mission or a purpose within its design has that burden to bear. Music Life Church Kimberly, Music Life Church Appleton, we are synced up over our mission of refuge, restoration, repair. That's the burden we carry. Our SOPs help us carry that burden. When things get overwhelming, as a human, as a man, as an individual, I'm able to rely on the doctrine I have to make sure I handle that, those overwhelmed feelings so that I continue to stand in the midst of the storm and continue to make progress and not let the, that overwhelmedness take me out. As an organization, the same thing. As an organization, an organization gets overwhelmed. It's its SOPs that that organization can rely on in order to continue to be able to stand and operate in the midst of an attack or in the midst of a storm. With all that said, it's the apostles doctrine that instructs the SOPs of a church. Look at that. A business has their own ethics and principles of ethics and contextual ethics that they use to develop their SOPs. Nice. The church uses the apostles doctrine as its guide for everything that we do for all of our standard operating procedures. So that's the difference between why the apostles doctrine is the key 
to determining whether something is a church or a business. Oh man. And what is behind the apostles doctrine is the doctrine that is God's doctrine, right? That's the doctrine. And that's why it works. That's why it's powerful. That's why it's, you know, the word of God. Right. Um, and I just, lo- I just love your explanation for all of that because it is, it's like on the, on the exterior, it's like, well, the church has SOPs, a business has SOPs. Right. What's informing it? Well, with business, it's ethics. Right. With the apostles doctrine, it's morality. It's morality. Yep. You know, it is what is always true. What's, what's right. What's fair. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So right and just, and then it all goes back to God being the measure for everything. Right. And that's, that's what's so cool about all of it. And so when I heard you explain that, so the reason why we get in trouble is because I don't know how many people would stick around and listen to that complete answer. They would take the sentence out about relying upon SOPs and yep. missing the fact that, wait, 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 what is this SOP founded upon? Right. And it's so easy to say, oh, you yeah, know, our, our, what we do is we do God's word. Well, what's the, what's the proof that you're doing what God's word is? And we try to always have a, a limitation, something to fall back on so that we are not doing things based upon our feelings yeah. as a pastor. Right. SOPs have saved us and we're still like, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's the way it, it's one of the ways we continue to grow in maturity as churches and our SOPs being being founded on the apostles doctrine is what helps us replicate ourselves into other churches. We have experience taking SOPs that we have, for instance, membership. Yep. We have our policies and procedures regarding membership are based in the Apostles' Doctrine. So much so to the point where we've had other churches come to us and say, hey, can you give us your membership process? And we're able to take it, send it to them. And then they don't have to, what we say, they don't have to bleed over the work we did to make sure our membership process is set up in a way that brings glory to God, that benefits the church, and that benefits the people who are coming to be a part of the church they want to be a member of. Now we can replicate that. And we know replication is discipleship. Discipleship isn't just, it's fractal. So I, I, I replicate myself into a person a church replicates itself into another church and, and that's how we can help each other. That's how we can really Christ said, we'll do more and greater things than he did. That doesn't happen just at the individual level that happens at the church level as well. One of the things that I'm thinking about is I'm looking at this at, at the uh, letters that Paul wrote in a whole different light from this SOP conversation, because how many of those were actually SOPs for the church where it's like the qualifications for a deacon, right? If you want to get, if you want to get really like what we could start doing is we could start going through, you know, uh, the letters of Paul or the letters of the apostles 
and actually going, how much of this is standard operating procedures, <laughs> right? Right. Where it's like, yeah. that's what they're, that's what the, that's what the apostles are trying to do. They're trying yeah. to, they're trying to give people, they're trying to give the church standard operating procedures to follow. I mean, you look at the book of revelation and all of those letters yeah. being given to these churches where it's like, here is the standard operating procedure in which you should follow. Yep. Man, I love that the bishops and deacons is like, there you go. Paul gave Timothy the SOPs for these two roles of leadership in the church. Husbands, husbands and wives, you know, yeah. like Ephesians SO- five SOP SOP. That's good. Just let's take a look at all those scriptures and go and circle it and go, this is a standard operating procedure. Like what, what are we so afraid of? Like, and we think that that's a human. If you have an SOP, that's what humans do to try to manage things. Well, not if it's founded upon God's doctrine. If it's founded upon God's doctrine, if these standard operating procedures are founded upon God's doctrine, well, if we write something that's wrong, then we're going to get confronted and we're going to, it's going to fall apart and we'll admit that we're wrong and adjust it. Right. What's the problem? But we're always trying as pastors to have something outside of ourselves to help direct us and guide us. So that's really cool. Okay. So finally, Pastor Joel, can you remind us once more of the ultimate answer? The apostles doctrine. Well, we know doctrine is God's language, right? Right. Doctrine is truth. What I would say is the apostles doctrine brings doctrine into the realm of the church and the church leadership. And really the doctrine for the managing of the church. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.